The business of operations management is difficult, particularly in large enterprises like banking, insurance, and other services companies with teams of hundreds and thousands around the globe. Now add in recent pandemic forcing the workplace to change forever. Managers and employees are under immense pressure to get work done, while also finding ways to balance performance and well-being. The complexity is building, and it can be difficult to find the answers. This podcast, AO On Air, partnered with ActiveOps, is designed to help identify areas that will help employees, managers, and senior leaders find solutions to the challenges within operations management. The future of work will take all departments, such as HR, IT, and ops, aligned along with a steady dose of innovation to succeed. We'll bring you topics, thought leadership, and simple plans to help lead your teams into the future of work. A hybrid work world that will learn from one another and truly act globally, breaking down the silos of older management models for new ways of working. Welcome to the journey. Now let's begin. Hello and welcome to AO on Air. My name is Michael Cutts. I'm your host today. This is a podcast sponsored by ActiveOps, and we're excited. We're in a different studio today, but we'll, we're with some people that you have recognized or you will recognize from other episodes. Richard Jeffrey, the CEO of ActiveOps and, uh, and CEO of ActiveOps USA, Spencer O'Leary, are both with us today. So we're excited to talk about a number of topics. Uh, initially, what I want to talk about, just Richard, it's been a crazy year. Um, it, you know, just around everything else that is happening, but work-wise for ActiveOps, I mean, some oh, amazing developments. It's just been an amazing year and challenging year, but so yeah. many things that really have been, I think, the real milestone events for the company. Um, I mean, we've we've had a, a, a great year in terms of client work. The, despite, if you like, the change of how people are operating, there's been some amazing outcomes for customers as they've adapted using our software to help them be in control of what is obviously been, a, you know, as you, to use your words, a crazy time. But I think as an active ops, as, a, as an organization, we've, we, we were growing. But of course, the most notable event was we, we, we floated. Yeah. We went public in the London market earlier this year. And although that's in one level, well, what difference does that make to the actual operation of the company? You could argue uh, quite little. The actual impact of the company externally and with our customer base has been absolutely fabulous. Yeah. I think the, uh, um, the experience for us going through that, the, the, the receptiveness of investors, the confidence actually in, 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 in the market and the opportunity, I think has been amazing. Yeah, that's great. And it kind of culminated to a, a, a AO conference when things opened up enough. You had customers in in a uh, event in London, and uh, it was the topic was rewriting the future of operations. So I think that's that's apropos as well, right? Absolutely right. I mean, what was so great was obviously to get people in the same room. I mean, the the, the world of operations is a characterized by you know so many people working so hard to keep the lights on and to get uh, to get the senior leaders in the room debating the issues that have been faced over the last 24 months i think was just a you know it was it was fantastically interesting i mean the the, the future of operations when you start looking at the the some of the things that have effectively now dropped away was the working from home the hybrid working but also increasingly becoming real and, and, and systematically implemented like you know complex systems rpa all these kind of technologies that need gluing together i think particularly from that conference the the, the um, idc work on on the challenge is when organizations have leaned their processes they're very brittle yeah and that really did come through I think in the um, um, dynamic you know the volatility of the of the of the COVID environment how how many processes really have very little spare capacity in them and of course the only response to that when you need to control your costs is to manage so much better across your processes the ability to be able to integrate and you know manage and, and collectively hold the contingency capacity yeah. 
across your organization in order to be able to respond to that. And I think that debate in particular, when you look to the implication of that going forward, uh, it was, was really, really fascinating. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. And Spencer, talking about last year from the growth perspective, I mean, you've been here in the North America region and I don't know how many, how, how many t times it's folded over and doubled, but, uh, but you've seen a lot of growth here as well. We've seen a lot of growth here and a lot of customers who are, are choosing to use our solution to help them manage through what was a challenging time last 18 or 20 months or so when most organizations, large and small, they sent everybody to work at home. And I've been speaking to a lot of a lot of senior leaders from those businesses these, these past months. Uh, and whether they employ you know, 50 people or 50,000 people, that, that challenge is continuing. Yeah. And organizations are now facing the next level of challenge, which is how do you move all of those workers that went home that now are going to work somewhere between home and the office and move between right. the two? How, how do you enable that in your organization? If it wasn't hard enough managing in 2019 and been in control, it got harder in 2020 when everyone went home. It's about to get even harder as we go into 22. Yeah. And we're finding so many more businesses now want to feel that level of control and they need solutions like we provide at ActiveOps to, to help them do that. Yeah, and there's some interesting trends happening. You know, you hear the great resignation thrown out there, but but equally in the US at least, I'm not sure if it's the same in the UK, but we're, you know, every day there's a new mandate that's gonna be issued and every other day there's a, there's a court somewhere that overturns it and says that's not right. But at the end of the day, companies are setting policy and sometimes it's regionally, where there's, whether it's federally mandated or state mandated, or even New York City is trying to mandate some of that. Um, you know, that's just another dimension that managers need to, to fight through. Really. And, and you keep coming back to these, these ever escalating levels of complexity. And, and organizations, one, one of the real things is that there's a lack of certainty around outcomes. Yeah. And what, so what does those that kind of change mean for organizations? The only response is to work on your agility. Essentially, in the context of so many things where we, it might be going down route A or route B, we have to have the capability to flex and adapt. And, and, and this is, again, it's, it's actually going to be, a, I think, a, a real defining uh, success criteria. It's something that will determine the outcome of large organizations is the extent to which they have greater agility. They are more responsive than their competition, than their yeah. competitors. That's a great point. That's a great point. And, and I think, Spencer, you had mentioned something to me about as an executive at a bank in Canada that said that, that while productivity is still the vastly important, they're also concerned about attrition being a very big cost problem this year. And we're hearing that that story time and time again yeah. from leaders, uh, you know, like-minded in, in individuals from, from our industry, where uh, from 2020 into 21, a lot of organizations have sort of been in control, they've dealt with those those variables in their business, and they've kind of got through on adrenaline, and they've got through on hard work and grit and determination, and those individuals are tired. And whatever level of organization they're, they're working at, they're tired and, and burnout is is real. And the executive that you're mentioning, Michael, was, was someone who said, yes, production and productivity is still important. Uh, but at board level, they're saying 2022, they, they will have more challenge in their business. It will cost them more because of workplace stress right. caused by poor well-being. That will cost them more as a business with sickness and attrition than it will in, in a sense of poor production. So uh, both are important, but having that balance between what, what inputs do I need to create what outputs as a business production management, but how do I manage my people, make sure they're getting the, yeah. the, the right training, the right coaching, the right levels of rest, the, and we're not burning them out. Yeah. So Richard, when you when you when you see these new dimensions of, of data and the necessary complexity, as you mentioned, uncertainty being one of those biggest ones for both employees and, and managers, how do you look at your roadmap and how do you how do you design 
systems for the future, if you will? Well, I think the, the word you use there is data. And of course, for, for many years, that's been such a aspect of control. I mean, it's, 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 it's a fundamental. The, the more precisely you need to make choices, the more detail you need, the greater the information need to support that decision making. And so data is, is so fundamental. Now, in the world of our processes, business operations, they typically have got data around activity, uh, like cases and mortgages and files. But the information around time and, and the, the, actually the, the multiplicity, the different number of things people are doing, that's always been the challenge. And I mean, as, as, as Spencer was, was relating, uh, one of the f great examples this year, in fact, has been a customer of who's deployed some of our new technology for visibility over time and activity to support the assurance over well-being. Yeah. Because they do not want the risk of losing key members of staff because they are burnt out. And all that kind of lack of oversight, because we're now working remotely, triggers new risk. And I think that there's another aspect to this, which, which I think will become a real feature of 2022, looking forward, around being able to demonstrate to external organizations or external interest stakeholders how we're managing operational risk. And that's not just files and backlogs, that's people yeah. and their time and their sickness rates and all those other aspects that actually make for a healthy organization. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. the the uh, The other thing that's kind of impacting is consumers are want to want to engage with banks or insurance companies differently now. It's digital. It's a digital experience. So there's probably less. I don't want to say less emphasis on the contact center because though maybe those contact center agents are doing something different. But how does the back office improvement and operational efficiency help that digital kind of transformation as well? It's clearly fundamental because all those requests, those engagements require a level of you know fulfillment now interestingly you know in, 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 and encouragingly more and more routine transactions are actually being supported by the technology but what we are also seeing is that growth in the exception handling and the special cases and that inevitably ends up back in our friend the back, back office and as the back to my point about the brittle processes as there's less contingency in the systems less people to handle some of those key business processes we've leaned and introduced greater efficiency into the back office that does put stresses and strains on on the operation and i think i think that is a again comes back to the point where your agility your visibility your forward looking your ability to op, you know for, look forward and determine where your capacity will grow I think there's another point also is when I look around at the, the pressures of the last uh, 18 months, some, um, in, in many cases, the biggest point of failure has actually been the contact centers. Mm. They've, they've really suffered, and I think whether it's the physics of getting people at home, working from home to handle calls, but I think there's, some, there's a real transfer of interest from, the, you know, there'll be uh, there's a, a need for better answers. Yes. Than the current contact yeah. center or, or yeah. solutions. And a different channel, maybe sometimes to deliver that. Yeah. Uh, exactly so. Yeah. Yeah. Which takes you to your back office. And back to the, the data point that supports some of that. Data has always been important, but a lot of managers would, would use data to validate their visual controls. And one of the things that most managers talk to me about that they lost when everybody works from home is I, I the bag over my head moment. I'm now managing without my ears and eyes, and data suddenly isn't a validation of a decision I'm going to make. Mm. It, I, I need the insight in the data to mm. make that decision at the right point in time to make a difference. Right. And managers have really struggled with that that approach. So providing them with with insufficient time, insufficient value, quantity, all right. the things that make good data useful, giving them that is just so important so they can manage, whether it's contact or back office, yeah. it's, it's managing those people, managing those processes. 
I think the greatest parallel you can use for that is exactly, imagine an environment where as a pilot, I'm completely comfortable flying in daytime and I can land my plane. I know intimately how to run my airplane. Yeah. I can reliably land it up and down every day of the week as long as it's light. And then suddenly it goes dark. Mm. And now all those instrumentation that I knew were there and helped me make judgment, but fundamentally I was relying suddenly I have to fly by instruments. So to, to go back to our world, then suddenly that the precision of that instrumentation the comprehensiveness of what it's giving you, the visibility forward it's giving you, guess what? It's pretty critical. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so that and actually what we've seen over the past couple of years, for those reasons, it's not just an operations silo anymore. Now, now you're including HR discussions, you're including IT discussions, whether it's to APIs to get data, or et cetera. So it's kind of changing the landscape. But, but that business agility, go back to that, it, it is a strategic decision to, to do that right. And any thoughts about that and the changing kind of landscape of those? So I think this, following from what Richard was just saying, most businesses have implemented some sort of technology to automate simple repetitive tasks that people did and and the implication of that whether it's call center or back office is that the work that's left to do is more complex yeah. it's it's a higher skill level it's generally more variable the volumes of it are more volatile so managing in this sort of post automation world is is even harder than when i was managing a maybe a simpler more repetitive production environment so that's a that's a real sort of consequence of those changes as they're made and the the one thing that, that most people tell me is that, that that the complexity is kind of becoming more and more common. So the, the only thing that's changing is their world is getting more complex week in, week out. And so having those management controls, having that data is becoming more and more critical. Yeah. And so, and so Rich, part of the methodology is, is, is enabled through the technology, but that methodology teaching people to be in control, whether they be managers or even employees, how important is that from this whole great resignation thing? If, you, if, you, if you're looking after talent management as a strategic objective as well, uh, having common language, having common methods. So if you start from really basic first principles, as uh, any psychologist will say, the biggest cause of stress is uncertainty. So put that the other way around. The better we can create a working environment, if you like, manifested through our team managers, yeah. so that the experience of being an employee, the experience of being knowing what I have to do is therefore consistent and clear with great information and feedback and participation with my peers and my colleagues, all those kind of things have a massive yeah. impact on ultimately my health, my satisfaction, and probably my inclination to stay with with the organization I'm working for. Yep. So that, but the ability to not leave it to chance, how our team leaders manage their teams, not leaving it to serendipity about this kind of information that I get presented with as an employee, is, is a, has a huge gearing effect yeah. because it makes those managers more effective as well. You're, you're effectively supporting them to do the right things much, much more effectively. But equally, everybody doing it in the same way has a compounding effect across the organization. Right. So, so the, the technology has a key role there because it makes the processes to do easier to do and can be assured. But fundamentally, it's not you know machines that manage people, it's people. Right. And we need to give them that structure. Yeah, very good. And so, Spencer, we started the conversation off talking about the year the year behind, but you're still out there uh, flying, traveling, meeting meeting customers. You've had a senior leaders dinner this week in New York. I think you have another one in Toronto. What what are they talking about? What are those senior leaders talking about? There? So, so, I think in this market, in, in the U.S. and Canadian market, uh, uncertainty continues from this last year. Most organizations are thinking about how they reopen their offices to a lesser or greater degree yeah. uh, from the start of 22. Um, and as we think about all the different policies 
vaccine testing policies across the US and Canada, most businesses are starting to decide on their own. Yeah. And they'll accommodate a, a federal mandate if it comes in, but they're, they're thinking of their own way of how they're going to do that. They're thinking of real estate. Where are they going to have their offices located? A lot of businesses have had an office refit during the pandemic, right. and they're gearing themselves ready for a more hoteling approach and hybrid work and people working from home, coming into the office maybe a few days a week or a few days a month. Yeah. So that's causing a, a, a lot of continued uncertainty uh, in the market. And, and that uncertainty drives that need for data, that need for control. So we're seeing huge growth in conversations we're having with customers and potential customers about how we can help them as they change through 22. Uh, and most businesses are telling me, you know, halfway through 22, it's probably going to have changed again and 23 will be different. So just having that agility uh, to change as the world changes around them, we need to look after our employees. We need to make sure we're delivering for our customers. We all need to manage our costs. And all of those different variables are starting to come into play as we go into next year. Yeah. And, and Richard, you have a global view of this. So I'm not asking about sales revenues or anything like that. But what do you see as businesses are coming up and uh, down or hybrid? And uh, well, Do you see any trends? The, the, the one absolutely clear trend is just the volume of work. Mm. Whether it, it, Because of the, it's not like things are becoming any easier. And whether it is a result, as you say, of the increasing complexity, whether it's the sheer variety of stuff. But when you look at the work volumes... And the, the financial markets, we you know, particularly focus around banks and insurance firms. The actual effort and work that's going on and through these organizations is, is very high indeed. So the pressure's there. The second one is, is one I picked up on earlier, but is, is operational risk. Yeah. So a lot of organizations are having to work an awful lot harder to reassure a list of organizations, stakeholders, regulatory organizations, that they can do this, that they've got this, the lights are going to stay on, the payment mechanisms are, are going to continue. So there's an awful lot of effort going into operational risk and interestingly, trying to avoid just making it like compliance, another cost. Yeah. I think that's the real sweet spot. If you can assure your process by making them better, reduces operational risk and then show people. I think the other aspect of it particularly is um, is ecosystems of, of, of systems. The world of the back office in, in, our, in our particular space is now becoming less about islands of data. Yeah. And it's much, much more about the interconnectivity. So the existence of our technologies, Control IQ alongside you know, ServiceNow or Anaplan or, or workflow tools, the ability for that to be part of you know, where each function, each technology is interoperating to provide the package of customized outcomes for a particular client. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, that's very good. That's very good. I think there's also some really, particularly here in, in North America, there's some interesting market and social dynamics that we're starting to see. So... Uh, the, the financial markets are very buoyant. That causes m many different things, but spending's up, a lot of people moving house, the mortgage industry is yeah. seeing increased volumes. That also drives debt, and, and, and debt management is becoming more prevalent in every business. So business volumes are definitely up. We've got a lot of people who didn't go back to work, uh, and that just spirals through the job market. It's never been easier to change employer. I just work from the same desk, in the same office, in the same house, and... FedEx brings me a new laptop and off I go, working for somebody else. So all of those things mean business volumes are up, the labor pool is down, it's a real buoyant job market as well. Yeah. Uh, so all of those things coming into play, as well as people working out 
which office am I going to work from? Yeah. Socially, do I want to be traveling for two hours a day on the office commute and I now want to work at home? I may have moved states and yeah. can't commute to the office. All of those things are going to start to come into play as we go into next year. Yeah, and and, and the, the workforce is changing too. So millennials are coming, you know, I mean, they're, they're in the workforce now and, they're, and they just have different tendencies than, than maybe people of the past, the nine to five jobs that we, we grew up going to and we, that's the way it was. But now millennials are, are much more mobile. They're much more attached to devices and connectivity wherever they are. It doesn't really matter. So, but so there's those trends hitting that as well. Yes, although there's an interesting tension I see between the, let's say, those of us who've been around a little longer and therefore have more established networks, have more established skills, yeah. and therefore find it more comfortable to be working from home. And the next generation, as opposed to the very, you know, the, the, the entry, the generation coming into work for the first time. Yeah. Because there's no question as a, as a kind of work is such an important aspect of social development. Uh, and the the absence of that and the impact of that on how people will learn their skills, how they'll learn to interact, um, I think it'll be a fascinating experience because I, I think there's a lot of, again, back to the wellness point, we have to look at how organizations ensure that we don't just leave them to it. Yeah, I think we can help ourselves a lot in the future, but we just don't know the answers yet. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of organizations have focused on this how did production change when everyone was working from home? And that's, it's, it's not easy to measure, but it's not impossible to measure. But those metrics like agility and creativity and flexibility and, and ideas generation, they're really hard things to measure. And most businesses I talk to, particularly on the, uh, on the ideas creation, uh, that those things have gone away because people don't come together. So even when we get back to, to businesses deciding on where people are going to work and they have a hybrid policy and people are coming to the office two days a week, and when they're in the office, they all sit in meeting rooms and go on to Zoom calls with each other. That's, that's still not servicing that creativity yeah. need. And it's those things that we need to help businesses work on so that when we are in the office, we're, we're using that time to have face-to-face -face conversations. And even when we do that, we can't get all the people in the same office all at the same time. So we've now got to work out how we have a, an inclusive environment for people who are at home, people who are face-to-face, -face, and try and get those things like creativity driven again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's about, I mean, what's interesting about it, you guys were shedding light on this, and, and as we went through the course of the conversation, the sun kind of rose behind you. The clouds <laughs> disappeared, so this is kind of fun. Uh, but so, happy holidays. Have a safe trip home to the UK. Enjoy your, your US holiday here, I, I suppose, Spencer. So anything, any final words or any comments you'd like to make? Well, it's just such an interesting time. I mean, just go back to where we started. I mean, the, 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 world, the world is... You know, in, in, ha having so many interesting challenges right now, um, and, and Active Ops as an organisation in our particular place is, uh, is 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 really rising to the challenge. I think of providing solutions for our for our customers to to help them navigate that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Very good. And thank you all for joining and watching. Uh, if you want to pick up the conversation, you can always find us at ActiveOps.com. You can also reach out to Richard and Spencer directly on LinkedIn. We're always happy to answer any questions and pick up these very complex and, and, and different uh, questions that we didn't have maybe three years ago. But thank you all for joining us. Again, ActiveOps.com. You can find through our resource hub a wealth of information. So thanks a lot. And see you soon. At ActiveOps, we call it Management Process Automation, or MPA. MPA helps managers make better decisions by providing a consistent, easy-to-understand view of capacity and productivity. MPA does the hard work of consolidating information, forecasting and planning, and even gives you visibility of skills and capabilities across your enterprise. Your managers can make decisions based on a complete picture of their operations and then get back to leading. 
As work progresses, MPA helps managers spot problems early and deal with them proactively, celebrate successes properly and match resource to workload in real time. By making managers more effective, MPA reduces operational costs. Best of all, the right MPA tools make it possible to deliver all these benefits across global enterprises with thousands of employees. Solutions like Workwear Plus from ActiveOps. Workwear Plus builds on our 20 years of experience supporting service operations to give you a 360-degree view of your operations, helping you turn operations management from a guessing game into a game-changing source of efficiency and value. Employees are empowered to manage their days and weeks, feeling accomplished, confident and able to balance work and personal life. Wherever your organisation or customers live and work, ActiveOps is ready to help you deliver world-class service and employee engagement to help your company thrive. ActiveOps. See further. Know more. Move faster.